I'm Haley. And I'm Riley. And this is Movies Better, Yeah Right. A podcast where we see how our favorite YA reads and their adaptations stack up against each other. I'm a full-time writer, reader, and proud owner of four library cards. And I'm a never writer, sometimes reader, and avid movie watcher. We've been friends for six years and bond best over books and movies based off them. But instead of watching together and annoying everyone around us with our nonstop commentary, we've brought our hot takes here for you. So whether you read along, watch along, both or neither, join us as we work our way through the YA genre. Hi everyone, it's Haley and Riley back with Movies Better Yeah Right, and this week we are talking about Heartstopper by Alice Oseman. Oseman? Oseman. Okay, it's it's like a big week because it's the first time we've done graphic novels. It's two, we did volumes one and two of Heartstopper, and then it's also the first time we've done an entire show and not a single episode. Luckily, the books are quick reads since they're graphic novels, but getting through the whole first season of the show, I was like, this is a little bit more than I bargained for. I binged it in five hours one day and was like, this was a lot of Heartstopper. I also binged it in one day. It was the first time too that both of us have been completely new to something because I haven't watched. I don't think you had either. I haven't either. And I think it's a relatively new book and new show. I remember when the show came out and it was popular, we had like talked about this podcast enough that I was like, I shouldn't watch. I should save it. I should hold out. So, yeah, we purposely saved it, which I'm really glad we did now. It was a good time. I have to say, even though the show was long, it was one of my most enjoyable so far weeks of content of like just consuming the books and the show. I just enjoyed myself fully like the whole time. Oh, didn't yeah. Feel like work too much. No part of this was a chore, where some of them in the past, (laughs) I've really sludged through them. So this was very fun. My hot take, actually, is that I don't think I'm going to finish the book series because I liked it so much. And this, the whole first two volumes are about, the big conflict is like, will they get together? It's like their love story. And I feel like the rest of the books are going to be like problems in their relationship. And I just kind of maybe want to sit with the two of them. Interesting. I think we have very similar hot takes this week. Because my hot take is, why do TV shows need to be so dramatic? (laughs) I really (laughs) liked sitting in the book of like Happy Land where things keep working out. And then I watched the show and I was like, ugh, shows doing their classic show shit. I felt like, um, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, it was hard to have a hot take. I was like, I don't, I don't have a hot take about any of these sweet little characters. I got nothing bad to say about them. It was a struggle for me to come up with. Yeah, our usual judginess is like really, I got a hard stop on me being usually bitchy and judgy because I just thought this was so sweet and nice. Unless you have anything else to add, I can start introing our characters. It's a pretty small cast. This yes. Week. Yeah, it is. The first, we get a few more characters in the second book, but the first book especially is a very small cast. So we have Nick Nelson, who is our rugby player. And we have Charlie Spring, who is our sweet, not athletic. But Nerdy. But he's, he's musical too. He's like a music nerd. Yes, he drums. Um, so we meet First, we just meet Charlie. We don't know who Nick is yet. We know that Charlie is meeting someone named Ben in a library to like make out. And we, or maybe just me, I'm not sure about you, but I initially just didn't like Ben because the text messages that were shown between them were all Ben being, being very demanding and being like, meet me in the library at this time. Actually, no, meet me here. Or I'm changing my mind. And 
Charlie was just like, okay, all of his texts were like thumbs ups. Ben definitely ran the show between the two of them. And I, I don't remember when we got this background, but we find out at some point that Charlie has been bullied. He didn't come out really on purpose. It seemed like it was done for him. And then he was bullied for being gay. And so it seems kind of clear that he doesn't really like Ben all that much, as much as he likes that Ben is around. And Ben is very closeted. So Ben doesn't want anyone to know that he even knows Charlie's name. We see what it looks like when Charlie is into someone when he is made to sit next to Nick in one of their classes and he's just like immediately goo-goo eyes over him. They don't talk a ton at first, but we get a cute little like montage of Nick gets like pen all over his hands and needs help cleaning up and they like pass each other in the hall and like say hi. They have this like budding little friendship romance going on. Um, Because Nick is an athlete, Charlie's best friend Tao is immediately like on edge because Charlie was bullied a lot by like athletes in particular and so he from the get is just like not about this relationship yeah he doesn't even support the friendship he's like no I don't care how nice you say Nick is there is no possible way he's a nice guy and then Charlie's got his sister who in the occasional moments that she sees the two of them together she is like immediately supportive from the start like she like pegs the crush first she's like can tell that Charlie likes him and she's totally supportive. So he's got the cast is small and we got one cast member who's really opposed to this relationship and one who's really into it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Tori is a great supportive sister. She yeah. just sneaks in in like the background, which is very cute. Apparently, Alice Oseman, her first book is about Tori. Nick and Charlie are like side characters in that book. I read that in a little, my book had like a foreword where she talked about like wanting to, they were like in a healthy relationship in that book and she just wanted (laughs) to explore how they got there. That's also exciting because I think Tori's like one of my favorite side characters. And then when I found out she has her own whole book about like being a hacker or something, there's some computer. Was it um, Radio Silence or something? Hers is Solitaire, which is about an introvert who is reluctantly persuaded by her new friend Michael to help discover the identity of a hacker who's disrupting the school computer network. Hilarious to me that that is what she's doing in her spare time. Because she's like very quiet and just like make little quiet side comments the whole book. She's too busy for more than that. She's got a lot going on. So we know that Charlie very obviously has a crush on Nick and then Nick is more, we get like little little hints of like Nick watching Charlie run like laps and clearly be checking him out. But instead of like realizing that being like, you know what, he's fast and I really want to ask him to play rugby just because he's fast, not because I want to like have a cute little like she's the man montage where we like learn how to play rugby together or anything like that. And I like teach him how to tackle. I just want him on my team. Oh my so- gosh. The amount of like we should be touching right now, but like in a straight way. You should tackle me and you should try it again. Yeah. Oh, and it, again, no, you're still not good enough. Maybe <laughs> one more time. Also, I think I need to hold your hand for a while in a super platonic way. Things come more to a head or they like reach like a different level when Charlie is like attempting to end things with Ben because he, I mean, not only did he find out that Ben secretly had a girlfriend this whole time that he's been hiding. Oh, I guess also like not so secretly, like very publicly at school. Everyone thinks he's dating this girl. So he finds that out and he's upset. And then he's just, his heart's not in it anymore. He's got a crush on Nick and can't stop thinking about him. So he's like over Ben and he tries to break up with him. He very clearly like puts distance over text and then 
in person. They're not seeing each other. And then Ben, like, confronts him after rugby practice. Ben, like, starts trying to kiss him. And Charlie's, like, saying, stop. I don't want you to do that. Unbeknownst to him, Nick had, like, noticed that he seemed weird or, like, something was on his mind. And he, like, followed him. So then he confronts the two of them and, like, pushes Ben and is, like, get off of him, basically. And Yeah, uh, Ben, like, borders on assault, I think. It felt very, like, Chuck rooftop. Yeah. Like last week's Gossip Girl episode, I felt like we were getting that over again. Exactly. Ben and early Chuck would have been friends, it seems like, with the way they treat people they like. After that happens, Charlie like tells him the whole story about like why he was hooking up with Ben and, and what's been going on. And I think they start talking about like the bullying that happened previously and Nick like vows to protect him and gets very like I was gonna say big brotherly, but it's not that. <laughs> it's like romantic. He like wants to keep him safe and is very Yeah, it's like the nice version of what Noah Flynn thought he was doing. Yeah. But I don't I don't know. Is there a word for that? That's protective, I guess. Protective, yeah. Where Noah was more like controlling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, then things like pick up speed. They no, Nick's got a dog. He's like, you want to come see my dog? AKA, do you want to come hang out at my house? And they have like the most wholesome, adorable snow day hang with the dog. And they like make snow angels. It's all very cute. I think there's like cocoa. Yeah, they take lots of photos of each other and mm-hmm. each other together, which <laughs> I don't know. I've spent a good amount of time with straight boys and they're usually not snapping pics of each other. More happens that they go to Charlie's house soon after. I forget if there was even some like ulterior motive, like hang out with my dog. I think it was like, let's just hang out. Charlie's teaching Nick how to drum. It was very like, let me show you how to golf or play pool. <laughs> like, let me like hold your hands. And oh, yeah, he put the moves on Nick. He falls asleep on the couch and Nick thinks he's so cute and like puts his hand over his hand like he's gonna hold it, but then doesn't. But there's like little illustrated sparks, you know, and then oh, the illustrations are so cute. Yeah, I don't know that I, I mean, I would have liked this as a just straight up prose book, but it is like at its best at a graphic novel. It's so wonderful. It makes me want to read more graphic novels because I've really not gotten into them too much. I feel like I've never read one that hasn't been amazing and made me cry. Like they're always good. I definitely want to read more like all of her books. And then I also want to find other ones. Side note for this one's not a graphic novel, but she wrote a book called Loveless about being a girl who's like realizing that she's asexual and like coming out to her friends and family and like figuring out what she wants her life to look like. It was the first and only thing I'd ever read by Alice before this. And I thought it was so good. So I was really excited for these because she just seems to knock it out of the park all the time. Yeah, it seems like she does a few different like ways she releases books too. Because I think other ones were like prose. Heartstopper originally was on Tumblr. So she was like publishing it, I guess, in like short, like short little chapters where you mm-hmm. could like kind of scroll through the full story. And then eventually it got published. And then her other books were just published outright. So she hits a lot of different forums. Wow. And were you a Tumblr girl? I wanted to be. I wasn't like active posting, but I loved like following and looking at. Oh, yeah. I was always reblogging things. Were you a Tumblr girl for a long time? Yeah, probably all through high school. Once I like figured it out, I was like, this is for me. I'll do it forever. And then one day, I don't know. I don't know why I just stopped. I mean, it stopped being a thing really. And then I guess it's still a thing, but nobody really talks about it. It might, I feel like it could have a resurgence though. Need to tell you that I turned my AC off so it wouldn't be loud during this recording. And if I just like (laughs) fall over, it's because I have passed out from heat stroke. It is so hot in my closet. You're stuck in a closet with the door shut and no airflow. 
Yeah. I didn't think this through. Not healthy. The other times we've done this, it's been cold and it hasn't mattered, but wow. Oh my gosh. Do you want to get an ice pack? No, I'm just going to drink some water while I'm sharing the rest of this. Okay. So after that, (laughs) hang out at Charlie's house, which ended with like Nick telling Charlie he looked super cuddly with like the blanket he had on. And oh, yeah. Nick goes home and we've seen him like stalking Charlie on social media and like being really smiley and over him but this is the first time that he like googles whether he's gay later he watches videos specifically about bisexuality but here is like when he's kind of like nudging that door open for the first time to be like okay what are these feelings a big moment shortly after that tau tells no tau (laughs) tells charlie that nick lots of names in the sentence nick is (laughs) crushing on someone named tara jones tara jones which Makes him a little upset at first, but then he gets an invite from Nick to a party. And he's like, okay, well, you know, you win some, you lose some. Something's still going on. He still wants to hang out with me at this party. So he goes to the party. Charlie and Nick, like, are only looking for each other at this party. They're, like, only hanging out with each other. There's, like, a brief moment where they're not together because we get, like, a scene with Tara where we, like, think, oh, no, maybe something's going on with her and Nick. But no, she actually wants to tell him that she has a girlfriend and she's like, start. I think she's coming out or has been out at school recently with her girlfriend. And it's also like a moment for Nick to like, I don't know, see some representation, like someone that he knows who's like out mm-hmm. and happy. Shortly after that conversation, he and Charlie have their first kiss, which is almost word for word on the show. It's just a really cute scene. I know. I think we're going to have do this a little bit differently because the show is so similar especially with a graphic novel like it is as shot for shot as it could possibly be like they've taken the illustration and just added in real humans which is very satisfying it's like my ideal situation yeah where it's like how you pictured it you're like yeah it's so much fun this scene in particular nick says he has a crush on someone and charlie's like who is she and nick is like you assume that it's a girl Charlie's like, oh, like, would you date a boy? And I think he says maybe or maybe he doesn't answer. I didn't write down that part. And then Charlie's <laughs> like, would you kiss a boy? And then Nick, I'm, I think, says maybe or something. And then Charlie says, would you kiss me? And then they kiss each other. That part. Yeah, that's really cute. And then they, like, quickly, someone, like, is coming, one of Nick's, like, jockey friends. So the kiss, like, ends pretty abruptly and they, like, don't talk about it. They both go home. Nick shows up at Charlie's doorstep and in, like, the rain soaking wet and he's like just basically both of them want to speed apologize to each other and don't realize that they're both saying sorry for like making the other one uncomfortable and then they're both like oh i wasn't uncomfortable you weren't uncomfortable and then they kiss again (laughs) yeah they figure it out it's very sweet that he like runs up because i think at the after their kiss for whatever reason nick leaves and then by the time he like comes back to find Charlie. Charlie's already left the party and has decided like Nick left because he regretted it and was upset. So like Charlie like jumped ahead a little. Whereas if he had maybe just stayed put for another minute or two, they would have worked it out sooner. Then they start like trying to hang out with each other's friends and like sort of integrate into each other's lives. So like Nick goes to Charlie's bowling birthday party where he bonds with all of his friends except for Tao, because Tao is still, like, really protective of Charlie. Yeah, he thinks Nick is, like, leading him on, and that he's straight, and that Charlie's gonna get hurt. And he has, like, good intentions with acting the way he does, but he's really overbearing. And Charlie is in a weird place, because he can't be like, oh, well, I just kissed him, because he can't, he doesn't want to out Nick. So he keeps the secret, and he's just like, trust me, like, I trust him. Please try to get to know him. So there's 
a little progress there, but Tao is mostly... Yeah, I think Tao still thinks that he knows best, which is like the main source of their issues in the book. Whereas if he like just trusted Charlie's judgment, he would yeah. be able to move past it. But really I don't interest. know. I guess we might not know. Like we don't really see the bullying that was happening before. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to know like what Tao had to go through with Charlie feeling so protective of him. But Charlie doesn't want to out Nick because that's what happened to him and it felt really shitty. Um, Nick tells Tara and her girlfriend Darcy that he and Charlie are together. So he's like testing the waters, telling some people. Um, And then he takes Nick to the movies with his friends. I can't remember in the book, did they mean to go with all the friends or it was like the friends were there and it was like, oops. I think they meant to go with the friends, but they didn't mean to go with Harry and Ben, where like those are the two main like antagonists in the book is Ben, who is the like secret hookup from earlier. And then Harry, who is um, like the main bully who just keeps being like, I'm not homophobic, but you're fucking gay. And it's like, "Ah, bud, like you're an asshole and you need to get yourself checked in the book in the show i think all of his friends suck and in the book there's like yeah those two shitty friends and then the rest of them are sort of fine they are not memorable at least okay so they watch the movie they're like you know secretly holding hands in the dark everything's going great but then when they leave and they're like walking out of the movie harry is such a turd he's like badgering charlie about whether nick is his type and like asking charlie like questions about what it's like to be gay in just a really shitty way it's like invasive and makes it clear he thinks it's a joke he's not like actually curious or anything like that so nick hits him from what i recall (laughs) can do a fight the two of them Mm -hmm. i think after charlie's already left oh yeah charlie doesn't witness the fight so he leaves and then really like that's that like there's a fight and then the next time we see Nick, he's, like, taking Charlie um, on this, like, sweet beach date. They, like, ride a train and, like, go to the coast. And he tells Charlie that he is bisexual, he is ready to come out, and that he wants to be officially boyfriends. So, a and lot. he moves through it fast. And he comes out to his mom almost immediately after. I think when he gets home, he sits her down and says he wants to tell her something. And she's, like, super receptive and kind. And it's, that's basically how the book ends so yeah boyfriends nick's on his way to like telling people that are important to him yeah and that was all book one was it no wasn't that one and two i don't have any more (laughs) wait i guess you're right but then what happens in book two uh i don't know where the cutoff is i think the bowling oh, part. Oh, the book book one's cut off is the kiss. I think. Yeah. You really, the way that my heart. Sorry, is everybody. <laughs> not only doing out of those notes, but I never read anything else. So it's so cohesive. I forgot. It really goes smooth. So, um, let's see. Um, at eighteen years old, Alice Oseman. Made headlines because she got a six-figure deal for her first book, which is Solitaire, the one about Tori Spring. Her and Beth Regals are just overachieving in their teens. I know. And I think somebody asked her, like, what motivated her to send it out to publishers. She thought it was good. Love that part. Very self-confident. So I think it wasn't popular yet, but she just had faith in herself and people had faith in her, which is very cute. Yeah, six-figure deal. 
Yeah. And then another fun thing about Alice Oseman is that she like creates kind of a universe. It's probably similar to like Sarah Dessen, where like all the characters in a lot of her books start to overlap. Like they might be siblings or friends or go to the same school or live in the same town. So yeah, it's like she has her own universe where these people mm-hmm. kind of like flow in and out of each other's lives with Sarah Dessen. I think she has like a main town of like Colby. Is that Sarah Dessen's mm-hmm. town? Yeah. So a lot of the characters in all her books kind of flow in and out of that town and go to the same diners and stores and things like that. It's so satisfying when you're when you read like enough of those that you're recognizing and picking up on like characters and places. I love it so much. I know. It's so fun to keep them connected, but I bet it gets pretty complicated. You've already like established the town and its layout and what's there. <laughs> and then every time you write a book, you got to kind of stick to it. Exactly. I think those are my main ones because we talked about Tumblr and we talked about um, where Charlie and Nick's origin story is from is how like they're already in that book about Tori's life uh, in a happy, healthy relationship. So love that. I wish that was a movie so we could read. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. Maybe one day because I feel like Heartstopper was a really big hit. Yeah. And they're still doing uh, season two. So they might have. How many books are there? Are there four? Mm, I don't know. I'll look it up on my phone. I know there's at least four, but I don't know if there go- there's more after that. I know that she wrote the whole script, which is why it matches the books so perfectly. She That's so wrote- much fun. I yeah. think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, I mean, it worked out well for her. Some authors just, like, let it go and are like, whatever. Yeah, there's four. You are right. A fifth book is due in 2023. Whoa. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. So maybe we can circle back to this whole universe too once the next season comes out. We'll have to read about problems in their relationship, even though I don't want to. Uh, It might not happen though. Maybe it just stays nice. I don't feel like based on the show, it's not going to stay nice. Okay. So yeah, let's get into the show because it's basically everything Riley just described. There's only a few like key changes. But it's eight episodes the first season. And then it's, I think, episodes one through three are like the first book. And then anything after episode three starts to be the second book. Mm -hmm. And we go, we have episode one is meet. And then we have crush, kiss, secret, friend, girls, bully, and boyfriend. So it really Mm -hmm. follows like the same timeline too. Did those match? The the book had little chapter headings i think that were i think it matches i know meat is definitely the same and Mm. then i would assume it keeps going but in episode one we have charlie being seated next to nick and charlie's in the secret relationship again and he starts to kind of crush on nick i was wondering what you thought about the actors of nick and charlie loved them they were perfect but i have to tell you before you tell me what you think of them, that the Kit Connor who plays Nick, he auditioned to be Charlie. That's crazy to me. And then, he looks just like Nick. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what happened there. But Joe Locke, who plays Charlie, this is like his acting debut. I really job. like him. He's just not exactly what I pictured. What did you picture? I feel like I pictured Charlie looking more like. 
Tao, who they cast. Oh. I mean, sans the haircut. How would you describe Tao's hair, just as an aside, just so people know what we're talking about? Like a flippy bob, but like aggressively flippy in the front. I wish I could flip my hair like that and it would stay. Yeah, it's like like a Barbie flip. Flip forward, though, not under. (laughs) That makes any sense. When you see a picture, you'll be like, oh, yeah, that adds up. But I didn't dislike Charlie's actor, and I thought he did a great job. And it was just the initial sight of him. It was like, oh, Nick looks just like the illustration. And I I didn't think Charlie looked just like the illustration. I had seen so many pictures of them before watching. Oh, I avoided it. I, like, just at work and stuff would see pictures on the internet, like, articles about them. So I, like, knew what they looked like. So when I was reading it, I think I just made my brain be like, they look the same. And then I saw the show. (laughs) Maybe if it had been, like, just reading it, I would have done that because that does happen to me sometimes. Like, Harry Potter, like, it'll always be Daniel Radcliffe every time I read it. But I think since there were the illustrations – if I was going to draw that actor, it would not look like the illustration that is like in Heartstopper. Well, they weren't. It wasn't for lack of, you know, options because they had 10,000 teenagers audition because I think it was during COVID. So it was 10,000 Zoom auditions and their entire cast and crew is LGBTQ plus. So they just have 10,000 teens sending in their Zooms. Oh, my gosh. That's so crazy. So he must have been, maybe he didn't match. I'm sure there were people that maybe looked more like the Charlie picture, but maybe they just couldn't have anyone else. I guess his attitude was like spot on, like his mannerisms and his acting 100%. I'm just being nitpicky on like just looks. uh, You're giving, it's giving Cecily von Zegazer. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> With Vanessa and the shaved head. Yeah. I I understand where she's coming from now. But also, as a side note, the show's on Netflix for anyone wondering who doesn't feel like Googling. <laughs> I've got you. So that happens. Charlie's a runner, and Riley also is a runner. So I wanted to know what you thought about Charlie's running form. His form? Oh, yeah. my God. I wish you'd asked me before so I could have rewatched because I just didn't even... <laughs> even clock it I like I think maybe because I was I sprinted and I feel like he was running like a mile or like something long so like I don't know jack shit about what you're supposed to look like when you run for a long period of time I thought the point was that he was a sprinter because it wasn't the whole point that he ran really fast and that's why Nick was like oh that's why you should be on the rugby team he was so far ahead of everybody else that there's no way they weren't running like like a long distance because he couldn't have gained i don't know he was like um why was his form weird or you just wanted my expert i wanted your expert opinion but i also felt it look unathletic you know what i've i also love she's the man and amanda Bynes soccer playing not not fantastic in my brain that is fantastic i don't know anything (laughs) about soccer so i thought it looked great yeah i think you know you you gotta give and take He's a great actor. Perhaps his running wasn't Olympian level. I'm it so looks sorry. Funny. I do. Don't get me wrong. I really loved him. I'm just being. I mean, I had to nitpick at something. That's the, what we do here. Well, truly, this was like really hard to. It to was nit. hard. That's the first episode. They're also in the UK. I'm not entirely sure, but I, I probably England. Oh, you mean like where it's set? I know where they yeah. filmed it. I don't know if that's helpful. They filmed it in. I don't know if I'm saying this right. 
Berkshire and Buckinghamshire. Hmm. That sounds English to me. They they had outdoor hallways, which I was wondering if you had that. Oh, I did, yeah. Yeah, I never had that. I think it's the weirdest thing. I can't picture, I mean, not that it rains in California very often, but it's crazy to me that like when it rained at your school, you were just like under shelter. And if I was in class and it like surprise thunderstormed, it was like, well, shit, I need to sprint or like find all of the like overhangs to like get me to my next class or else I'm going to be soaked. They didn't like help you guys? No. There would be a way to get there. It would just take forever. And the campus was really spread out because it was outdoors. So sometimes my whole passing period would be like taking the fastest route possible. And I would like run in the door right when the bell was ringing. So if it was raining, it was like, well, if you can't take the fastest route from A to B and you've got to go around all these overhangs, you're going to be late. That's so bizarre to me. It rained like three times a year. So there was like at no point in my school, unless you were like going out for gym, where you would leave the building. Uh, my husband... His high school was shaped like a circle. The hall was just like one big round. It was just like a big round building. So the furthest you would ever go was like half of that circle. Weird. Well, they have outdoor hallways, which is weird because it rains all the time there. But So then we move on to episode two. Charlie's friends start to get a little worried about his liking of Nick, who they think has like a serious girlfriend. That's like the rumor going on. And then... Charlie goes to Nick's house and does the whole snow day thing. And that is like basically exactly like the book. And then Al, who is one of Charlie's friends and used to go to Charlie's school, but now goes to Tara and Darcy's school. So it's like a boys and a girls school. So Al is at her new school. She's not really making friends, but Tara and Darcy come along and like befriend her right away which is very sweet and they become like the three musketeers but Mm -hmm. I was wondering what you thought about Elle going to like the new school and like what that meant for her because I felt like that was kind of shitty to make her as the bullied kid have to move schools because no one at her old school could handle I think she said that she couldn't have her hair long yeah exactly they weren't making willing to make any changes and then like automatic so she's transgender so that's why she was at the boys school and has now moved to the girls school which is still like so fucking rigid that's just the way it is i guess sometimes but then that means that like everybody knows like so even like if she doesn't want to share that about herself like she had no choice because they all know what school she came from first yeah i feel like her and charlie both had these like very whether you like it or not you're like out to everyone stories that we also don't get to see her bullying just like we don't see charlie's in the past but we just see like the after effects of them like i mean it was clearly bad enough that she like well i don't know if the school gave her an option or if it was like leave but yeah it's hard to know if she left because she wanted to or if she left because they were like well if you're a girl then you need to be at the girl's school it's not clear but she's having a hard time at the new school and it was really i was worried that the whole her whole side plot was just going to be like struggling to find like a place at the school but they so like immediately gave her Darcy and Tara and I was like oh thank god because it was the thing that I liked about the book and the show and that I've heard Alice talk about is that there's a lot of LGBT media where it's just all sad and like really depressing and a lot of like (laughs) bullying and the thing that she like loved about writing these was that she just wanted to focus on like happy a happy love story and like happy friends and like they're not even Nick figuring out that he's bisexual he's not he's like scared to tell people but he's not like worried that his mom is gonna like kick him out he's 
she keeps it very, I don't know, not that the stakes are low, but she makes sure that, like, nothing is ever so dire and bad for these kids. They're generally, like, okay. Yeah, like, the show makes it a little bit, a little bit darker and, like, more going on than the books, for sure. And I don't know, like, that's, like, my hot take is just, like, why do shows need drama? My, like, dream show is where nothing happens. The book. I just want to, like, see nice things keep happening (laughs) to nice characters. I do think, like, trauma has been, like, told in multiple different stories, so it's nice that she offered up a new version. Yeah. It's unfortunate that the show, in my opinion, lost some of that. The teacher was, like, mean to Elle, in my opinion. She was like, you gotta make friends. Like, anyone could have overheard that conversation. She doesn't. If she doesn't want to, like, fuck them. Elle's whole story was, well, and, like, her and Tao, anything extra about them, aside from the Nick and Charlie plot, was, like, exclusively show. Because they're, like, in the book. And I think I read that later in the book's their stories might become more prominent, but they're I was like, wondering because Elle is only in the second book, so like we, and she is like in the show from the get go, which I liked. It was nice to have like a big old cast of variety mm-hmm. of, of people, but yeah, I'm curious why she changed. She wrote it, so I'm assuming she like wrote that conflict in. Well, who knows? She must have had a reason, but I do think maybe like a show was like you need a little bit more. She's nabbed a season two and three all before they even finished like airing season one. So so wild. Well, she yeah. is doing a good job. The show is not bad by any means. It yep. just like does that classic show thing. In episode three, we have like the birthday party, which is like Harry's birthday party where the kiss happens. The weird thing about the show is that Nick is like friends with this girl, Imogen, who is not in the books at all. Yeah, and her. Nick like basically invites her to the party and then mm-hmm. also invites Charlie. So then there's this like poor girl who thinks Nick likes her for like totally valid reasons. Like Nick is kind of sending her mixed signals. He doesn't know how to like be stern and like set like draw a line and be like, no. So he's just, like, leading her on enough that she's like, maybe, how to be like, no, I don't want you to come to this party. She would, like, the way she would ask questions would put him in this corner where he would need to, like, either say no or lead her on, and he never chose the no. He, like, always chose the easy route of, like, just playing along, being friendly, and then the friendlier he is, the more she's like, oh, he really likes me. Exactly. And I think she thought she was, like, flirting. Like, she had no reason to believe that he wasn't, like, also into it just because she didn't know what he was going through so Mm -hmm. she definitely did a lot of assuming but i can totally see why she did so that is like an entire show thing the whole point of that plot device is to like add in drama yeah whole like misunderstanding and charlie hearing that like there's something going on with the two of them charlie still goes to the party and they have their kiss and tara and darcy are there and they publicly kiss And everything's going pretty well with all of that. Like, it all happens pretty similar to lead to how it happens in the book. I would say, like, the other main difference is Tao and how needy he is. I did not like him in the show. Yeah, he's on the, he's on the page as much in the book. He's, like, just occasionally around to be like, hey, like, I don't trust Nick. But on the show, he's around a lot. Yeah, and is constantly like, I don't want things to change. I want things to be exactly how they, how they are now, no matter how much you guys change. Like, stay exactly the same for me. He's bothered that Elle is at a different school and keeps buying, keeps like forgetting that he shouldn't be buying her snack at lunch every day. He's very stuck, it seems, on like some golden era past of their friendship. And so as things are like shifting, he seems 
to have a hard time like getting his footing and yeah he's like not adapting to like the way things are now and in doing so it's making him a bad friend if he did just get with the program he would be as close as he was in that golden era but since he like just keeps reminding everybody how different they are and how he doesn't like it it's just like makes everyone feel like shit and like not want to tell him things it seems like and like Elle is constantly having to like reassure him and I find that really annoying because she's like going through something super hard yeah just keeps having to like reassure him that she'll keep watching the Oscars with him every year for the rest of her life like that's literally what he asks of her which is insane but his mom is very cute. His mom loves Elle, which I thought was very sweet. She like goes over to Tao's house for a movie night and Tao's mom is just like obviously obsessed with Elle, which yeah. I really like. I like how supportive the families are. Even the um, Charlie has like a supportive teacher. He lets him like sit there and have lunch when he's I don't know, having a hard time. Did you just love the the art room specifically, but like everyone's bedrooms all of the set it was so amazing designed it it was so satisfying and colorful and matched the feeling of the books not that the books were even colored in but yeah and they would like shoot things in like the same tealy color and they'd add in like the little animation so like when riley was talking about nick like kind of hovering his hand over charlie's to like see what it would feel like to hold hands Mm -hmm. like in the show they like add in like the book illustrations and make it look all like crackly and like warm and it's so cute and it like explains it so well without that like you still understand what he's doing but like it just adds like the playfulness and the sweetness i thought the way they looped in the animations from or the illustrations i guess from the book is so good they added in lovebirds which are based on London feral parakeets. Anyone really kind of birds those are? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. So they move on. We're into episode four and that is where like book two starts to come in. They like work through everything in pretty much the same way after the kiss and there's like an issue. Charlie and Nick agree to like kind of start a relationship, but they want to keep it a secret while Nick figures out what he wants. And Charlie's like not upset about it because Nick's not doing it in like the same way Ben did it. Like Nick is still really nice and really conscious of Charlie's feelings and more. there's more communication than there was with like Ben. Like night and day. But Nick doesn't extend the same clear communication to Imogen who asks him on a date and he says yes which is just like like, dog died and he doesn't know how to make her sadder so instead he like stands her up and then takes her on a date the next day and then I think eventually I don't remember when he tells her I don't think they fully go on a date date but he doesn't know how to call it off and then he like double books himself for charlie's birthday so like he agrees to go on a date with imogen on a saturday and then charlie's birthday is on saturday and like he does the right thing and picks charlie's birthday but then has to like tell imogen the day after and he does it in a really nice way and i think if i hadn't read the book this would have just been like a non-event but since i read the book i'm like like why did we even need this like this isn't a thing But I feel like you especially hate misunderstandings where if someone just... Oh, I hate... Yeah. I was just talking about this with some friends too where I'm not a sitcom person because like the whole driving force of like an eight season sitcom is continuous misunderstanding, like people hiding their true feelings. 
And I just hate that trope. Yeah. Like, why can't you just say what you're thinking and be done with it? Like this could all be resolved immediately. But instead now I need to watch 17 episodes of this being a problem for no reason. So the idea that this like wasn't a thing and then I watched the show not expecting it to be a thing, I got jump scared. They're doing rugby. So like that's all the same. Charlie's on the rugby team. He sucks at it. He seems better in the book than he does in the show. In the show, he's like really not getting it. And to be honest, I don't get it either. I'm so confused by everything they were doing. I need someone to explain (laughs) rugby to me, but Tao keeps being insecure. Then we're into episode five where there's Charlie's birthday party. Tao doesn't really bother to get to know Nick and like actively talk shit on Nick to Charlie. And Nick gets him a decorated photo from their snow day. And Nick comes clean about the like miscommunication with Imogen and says he'll fix it. And Charlie's like really not bothered, which is it's nice. It's nice he's not bothered. If that was me, I'd be like, what is wrong with you? Then we're on to like a side story about the girls. So it's like, a little focused on Elle and Tara and Darcy and Darcy and Tara kind of come out on social media and people are like really nasty to them about it, which I know does happen in real life, but I just like cannot imagine being in school, sitting in front of someone and being like, oh, they'll get the lesbian on me. And it's like, what? I know it does happen and it's like true to people's experiences, but I'm just like, those people are so ignorant. I can't even imagine like having that thought and thinking it'd be funny to say out loud. Those children are back. Those children are back. Well, cameo. He's so upset. Oh, well, he agrees with me that it's all upsetting. Darcy and Tara like staying strong. Nick tells them about him and Charlie and then they agree to go on like a double date, which is very cute. And then they go to this like magical milkshake place that that's the only way I can think to describe it. And you'll have to watch the show or Google photos. It just looks like a fairy designed a milkshake stand. And that's where they all go on their date. And they, the four of them, Nick, Charlie, Darcy, and Tara are kind of trying to set up Elle and Tao. It doesn't go great. Elle is like, stop trying to mess with my stuff. Considers Tao to be so close of a friend that even though she likes him, she's like, I don't know if I want to rock the boat yet. So she's like not ready for it. And then Nick and Charlie let Elle know that they're dating. So now we've ended up where Tao is the only person who doesn't know, which is unfortunate. But also like I get why because he's been like nothing but shitty this whole time. And if he like bothered to open his eyes, he would see that like Nick can literally not help himself. Like it's pretty obvious they like each other, especially around their friends when they're feeling comfortable. And then episode seven, Charlie goes to the movies with Nick. And this is shot for shot with the book. All the same things happen. Mm -hmm. I think the like end choice is a little different. Charlie leaves the situation more upset than I think he did in the book. Where like he's really starting to question like the whole relationship and thinks like he's making it way harder for for Nick. And basically like talks about not wanting to exist anymore. So he starts to have some darker thoughts very briefly, like one sentence to his Mm -hmm. sister. And then they kind of move past it. He also like thinks maybe he's better off like not being with Nick at all and letting him like figure things out on his own because he thinks he's making it harder for him. And Tao also is like getting bullied at this point by that same guy, Harry. And it leads to a fight between Tao and Charlie. I don't know. It all just becomes like a mess at this point, episode seven. 
I had a hard time like picking apart what was happening toward the end. Yeah, it like got very messy and it seemed like everyone was kind of upset at each other and not communicating properly and like Nick wasn't really communicating. Where in the book, Charlie definitely gets upset, but then Nick Nick realizes like it's almost like he comes to Charlie first and is like, I'm making this harder on you. Like you're having to like lie to your friends and take like the brunt of these things and I don't want that for you. Whereas in the show, it seemed like they kind of flipped it. Episode eight comes around. And this is when they have like a sports day, which doesn't happen in the book. It's kind of like a field day, I guess. They all had to like sign up for different sporting events. And there's like two teams and the boy and girl school come together. Charlie is like on the brink of breaking it off with Nick. And then Al and Tao are also like doing their own thing. And Charlie and Tao aren't speaking. That's like how we enter this episode. And by the end, everything kind of gets resolved. Charlie fixes things with Tao. Nick makes like a big grand gesture during the rugby game. Charlie is like standing watching because he had quit the rugby team. He just like people weren't being nice to him and he was not good at it. And it makes sense that he was like, I'm kind of over this. And so mid game, Nick just like ups and leaves the rugby game in front of all the school and like leaves with Charlie and doesn't say anything, but like leaves holding his hand. So it's kind of clear that they're like Mm -hmm. together and going to have a talk. Nick convinces Charlie not to break up with him and that they should figure it out. And Charlie is like, okay, sounds good. And then they go and do their beach day. So instead of this happening like mid book, it happens at the very end. And Nick says he wants to start coming out to the people that they care about. And he wants Charlie to be able to share that they're in a relationship to the people they care about. And then Nick and Charlie are boyfriends and Nick comes out to his mom. And she is very supportive. But in the show, she definitely like makes a lot more like, oh, you love girls. Like, oh, you loved Kira Knightley. And like... You'll find a girl soon, which like doesn't happen in the book, but maybe it, it does and we just don't see it, I guess, is what's implied. In the show, she's played by Olivia Coleman from like Broadchurch and the Crown. So she's like the only like big face. Oh, yeah. She filmed all of her scenes in like two days. They had her like quickly. And when they were rehearsing that particular scene, she cried and forgot her lines because he did oh. such a good Isn't that cute? <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah. I knew she looked familiar, but I couldn't place it for it's some reason. Elizabeth. I think it's because no one else was really big in this. So I think my brain wasn't looking for like someone I recognized. But yeah, so it all wraps up like very fast for all the drama. And it seems kind of like the last like loose thread is Imogen and Nick and her seem to be able to like be friends. And like, yeah, when Charlie like... When Nick leads Charlie away during the rugby game, she kind of, like, smiles and is like, oh, like, I get it now. Seems like she gets a little bit of closure there and understands what was happening the whole time, maybe. But they've, like I said, renewed for seasons two and three, and it'll start, the next one will start filming in August 2023, or it will be released. You know, I didn't, (laughs) those are two very different things, but I don't know the answer. I got to Google. Oh, my gosh. Before we decide whether the book or the movie was better, I wanted to quickly say that the author has a cameo, because we love an author cameo. Oh, really? She's on the train um, drawing a couple when they're going to the beach. Oh, I missed it. And then her books are in Charlie's room. Really? That's so cute. So she's in there. Um, the merry-go-round scene is full of 
crew members. Oh, and it's the release date, August 2023. Not ah. It will be out very soon. Perfect. I was like, that's a very long break. I forgot to w- mention one thing about the whole show, and that's that there's this character, Isaac. So it, the friend group is Tao, Charlie, Elle, and then this third or fourth person, Isaac, who doesn't really matter plot-wise, but he's very funny and cute. So keep your eyes out if you watch the show. Yeah, he's like a guy after our own heart. He's just reading constantly. Yeah, he's always reading, and he like he's very supportive of Charlie and Nick, and is like, I just love love. Like, I hope it works out. I don't care if it's stupid. And considering his head is buried in the book, he's very perceptive of what's going on. Oh yeah, he like always knows what's up with everybody. So I really like him, and he's like a cute little source of comic relief. Not that much is needed, but. He's very sweet. I like him. A couple final things. This got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, which... That wow. Um, and it was almost named Evergreen, but they decided to keep the name of the books for the show. And there's, What? Why would they name it Evergreen? No idea. There was no explanation for that fact, just that it was almost named something else. Um, and there's no swearing in the show. What there mm-hmm. is in the book. But that's like taken out. And then the last thing I wanted to make sure to mention was that Kit Connor, who played Nick Nelson was like because the cast was all like lgbtq plus the cast the crew everything he was like really pressured to come out because he wasn't out like publicly like i don't know if he was with like his friends and family i have no idea what his story is but he was like pressured by viewers basically to come out and he tweeted like back for a minute i'm by congrats for forcing an 18 year old to out himself i think some of you missed the point of the show and oh. then the author tweeted I truly don't understand how people can watch Heartstopper and then gleefully spend their time speculating about sexualities and judging based on stereotypes. I hope all those people are embarrassed as fuck. Kit, you're amazing. So Mm. I remember headlines and him having to like clarify needlessly. And that's so annoying. It's like support bordering on aggression. That happens a lot in like the YA book sphere has in the last few years where authors have been like really pressured to come out if they're writing about certain topics and like have been felt forced to um or like they can't write about those things unless they're out to like the whole world which it sucked there's a couple in particular that i can think of who were like closeted or hadn't like dealt with that themselves and like because of so much public pressure then had to and just like very um pushy very like too much as a viewer and a reader to just like consume the content if you only want to read things by out people then like cool do that if you want but like don't yeah i feel like the whole point is that you don't know what's going on in people's lives so then it's insane to assume like a stranger needs to tell you everything Mm -hmm. that is going on in their lives so that you can feel like what i don't know I think that happens a lot, though. It's like the parasocial relationship, um, especially in YA, like fandom and that kind of thing. Like people become very like like shipping. They'll want like the cast members to be dating in real life and like almost mourn like relationships when they don't work out or they don't happen or like convince themselves that they are happening, even if the actors multiple times are like, no, we're not dating. Like, OK, I think I know your answer to this, but are you a movie or book? Oh, book, 100%. I'm book two, I think, for the first time. I know, yeah. I really loved the show. I just think, having read the book, it it was, I mean, things always have to be different. But every time they're different, I'm always like, that sucks. Why'd they make it different? I love the books. 
a happy joyride. The show could have been too. And it still was. Like, it's very little things. I just don't get why. Like, add in more cute montages. Like, why did we need, like, random miscommunication? Or, like, extra characters who they said, I have a quote that Imogen and Isaac were just, well, Imogen mostly was added for drama and angst. So, you know, exactly what you thought. I don't get why they, there was a fourth friend in the book, Aelid or something. Yeah, he's in from Solitaire. So they, so. I was confused. Solitaire's coming probably. Ah, okay. That makes more sense now because I was like, why did they change his name? I couldn't figure it out. Do you want to tell everyone about our exciting next book? Oh, yeah. I think people will be very excited. Our next book, we're changing like subgenres a little. We're going into the YA dystopian fantasy future worldness with The Hunger Games. I'm thinking we'll have a lot more people who have either already read or saw the movie, so that should be fun for you guys. You won't have as much homework to do if you've been following along. And Mm -hmm. we'll dive into a little bit of a new genre, because right now we've been pretty romance-heavy. Yeah, so you can follow along. You can reread with us if you want on our Instagram, which is at Movies Better. Yeah, right. M-O-V-I-E-S-B-E-T-T-E-R. Y-A-W-R-I-T-E. We'll be posting updates and stuff. I need to speed round this what are you reading because I need to run to the doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am reading um, The Force of Such Beauty by Barbara Borland. I'm really liking it so far. Highly recommend. It's like borders on like almost reading a horror book even though it's just about women's lives. But sometimes that is horror. So (laughs) Yeah, not too hard to get there. I'm reading Howl's Moving Castle because I loved the movie. Is that a book? Yeah, I, I saw a copy of it at a, I think like a library sale and just snagged it for a dollar. And I was listening to a podcast recently, um, Marlon and Jane, Jake read Dead People, I think is what it's called. One of them had just read this and was like, like found it in a hotel or something and just read it because their kid liked the movie and was like, wow, that is like an incredible fantasy book. So it inspired me to like bump it up higher on my list and pick it up. So I'm, I'm like a chapter in, so I can't speak to it too much. But from the movie, I know that it's about a girl who's like cursed and turned into an old lady. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it's just a fun, fantastic time. I'm very excited about it. Oh, my gosh. I need to give it a shot. I know um, Lo- Loe, Lo- Lo-ve, um, it's like a designer brand and I can picture their logo, but not their name. But they released a Howl's Moving Castle collection and they have a trench coat with trinkets sewn all over it. That's absolutely phenomenal. But if anyone wants to Venmo me like $18,000, that would be great. Um, just DM us. And for less money, we have all those books listed on our bookshop if you want to. <laughs> DM them out. Beautiful even- plug. Uh, well, thank you everyone for listening. Yeah, we'll talk to you post-Hunger Games. May the odds be ever in your favor, everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.